You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. When you're lost and alone and you feel like you need a lift. When the times are tough and your day has gone adrift. You can always press play on Buzz Broadway. Buzz Broadway. So just press play today. Welcome back, everybody. My name's Amanda Harrington. And my name is Sam St. Jean, and this is Buzzed Buzz Broadway. Buzz Season two. Season duo. Who would have thought back in March when I got laid off from my job and you were forced to work from home during the midst of a global pandemic? Forced. I was blessed to work <laughs> from home, sir. <laughs> blessed. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but we're already here. We're at season two. That's nuts. It is nuts. And like sometimes I'm like, Sam, we're going to run out of musicals. And then I realize there's so many musicals. And we've only talked about 12 of them. Oh my. We could do this for the rest of our lives. Tonight is the 13th. <gasps> Bad luck. Oh, guess that makes sense. Doesn't it? And we'll get to that in a minute. Well, I okay. guess we can talk about it right now. Um, so we have to Tell come clean up. Did. We have to come clean about something. All of our loyal Buzz Broadway listeners, this is actually our second take of our Hamilton episode because, unfortunately, I just really wanted to bring you bigger, better, badder <laughs> in season two, and I blacked out last week. <laughs> we went to record season two, and I fully blacked out like twenty minutes in. And that blackout was bigger and better and fuller, whatever you just said. Bigger, better, and badder. I was trying to up the ante for all of our fans out there. Unfortunately, I blacked out and could not finish the episode. Maybe somewhere down the line, if you follow us on Instagram, maybe we'll release some of the audio clips of Amanda and I chatting. But it truly... I woke up... I fell asleep at 9pm, mind you, and I woke up in a complete haze, still drunk at 3.30 in the morning. Is that when you text me at 3.30 in the morning? I text, no, I texted no, you at 6 a.m. Yeah. Because I then woke up at 6 a.m. and was ready to eat a breakfast sandwich. Oof. Me too. It was a... Anyways, we're back. It was a wild night. We're back. This is the official opening. Um, and I'm and excited. And if this one gets fucked, then thank you for listening, but we're <laughs> closed for renovations. We're closed. That's it. Amanda, what show are we talking about tonight? So here's the thing. We're talking about Hamilton. But it's really Just like I'm wait. listening. Just but, you wait. But I'm really, it's really like I'm listening for the first time. Because like I don't totally remember the first time we did it. Because I was also drunk. You were. Not as drunk as me. Definitely not as drunk as me. But like when we got to like the the end, aka the part where I told you it was the end. Um, <laughs> and, and I was like, I don't remember talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda. I don't remember you talking about him either. I think I did. Anyway, so I can't wait to hear how you feel about Hamilton because I don't remember. Me neither. It's like we're doing it Here for the we first go. time. <laughs> <laughs> we 
What are you drinking tonight? Tonight I am drinking some Four Roses bourbon, just on the rocks with some a little bit of bitters, um, and some of my favorite Luxardo cherries. They're so freaking good. I could eat them oh my God. all day long. Are you drinking some Aaron bourbon? Oh, God, Amanda, I told you that we can't do the Aaron bourbon thing. It's not. You <laughs> tried Aaron it. Bourbon. You tried it so a few weeks ago. Funny. And I just no. Sorry. Wait till next week with our in the words of Kristen Wiig no martini. way in hell I mean no thank you <laughs> well I'm drinking a down east you... after three mimosas great 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 okay 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 yeah. so you're like ready to go so okay. Buzz Broadway drinking rules are back if you're playing along with us please pay attention alright we have to drink number one anytime we reference the country of the United States so that's United States United States of America US America American Anything that falls under that branch, Americana, Americano. A la 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 Americano. There you go. Yeah, yeah, um, Okay, cool. Number cool, cool. two, <laughs> anytime we reference any of the Schuyler sisters, we have to refer to them by the actor's name. The actor who plays them, we have to refer to them by that name, which means no uh, uh, big red X words are Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy. We can't say those three names. We have can to I say, say Mariah Reynolds. We have to say no, <laughs> no. Yeah, well, you can. You, didn't you can say Mariah Reynolds. Okay. We have to say Jasmine, Philippa, or Jazzy, as Philippa, her Instagram handle. Or, <laughs> please stop. I love her. We have to say Renee, Philippa, or Jasmine. We can't refer Jazzy. to any of the Skyler sisters by her their names. Her and I are on a first name basis. Ready? And finally, tonight. Amanda will be going head to head with me in a battle of American history trivia. Several times throughout tonight's episode, Amanda will be quizzed with an American history trivia question. If she gets it correct, <laughs> I must take a sip of my drink. But if she gets it incorrect, she must take a sip of her drink. Next week, when I finally make up the fucking rules... Because you did Spelling Bee and now Hamilton. Yeah, but trivia questions are like a season opener and season finale type thing. So like, That's great. Just wait for next week. Just you wait. I'm, but I, well, we'll get to Charlie when we get Just to Just you wait. Okay. <laughs> now you can start with your damn question. All right. We're going to kick off right before our little shot to kick off the episode. We're going to give you a little test question. This one's a freebie. If you get it right, I have to drink. But if you get it wrong, you don't have to drink. It's just a test question. Okay. Oh, so I might get it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Yes. Right. Miss Harrington, which of the following states was not a part of the original oh, 13 fuck. colonies? Was it A, Virginia, B, Georgia, C, New York, D, Maryland, or E, Michigan? I'm going to go with Michigan. You are correct. Think. God, I grew up in the 13 colonies. Didn't you? I sure did. You sure did. Now can we do my favorite part? Yeah, you want to take a shot? So listen, guys. Season two is coming at you strong and hard, trying to get you as drunk as me. So we're going to kick off every episode with a shot, even though we've been talking for too many minutes. But too here's our many kickoff. minutes. <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one. From bastard orphan to Washington's right-hand man, rebel to war hero, 
loving husband caught in the country's first sex scandal to treasury head who made an untrusting world believe in the American economy. Hamilton. Take a sip. Oh, there you go. Take a sip. Sorry, I just got so excited. Hamilton is an exploration of a political mastermind. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Eliza Hamilton. Oh, take another sip. Oh. And lifelong Hamilton friend and foe, Aaron Burr, all attend this revolutionary tale of America's fiery past, told through the sounds of the ever-changing nation we've become. Winner of 11 Tony Awards and the 2016 Pulitzer Prize for Drama, Hamilton is one of Broadway's biggest hits. From the mind of 2015 MacArthur Genius Grant recipient Lin-Manuel Miranda and Ron Chernow's landmark best-selling biography comes a new musical about the scrappy young immigrant who forever changed America, founding father Alexander (laughs) Hamilton. Take another sip. Tony Award winner Thomas Kale directs this new musical about taking your shot, speaking your mind, and turning the world upside down. Oh my god, your last sentence was taking a shot. And that's what we just did. Isn't it? Wow. It's like he knew. It's like Lynn was like, one day there'll be a podcast about this. He knew. He, I love him. Well, let me tell you a little bit about him. That sounds like a great plan. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Let's see what you don't know yet. It's none of it. Okay, so <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda, a.k.a. He's in my top five living and dead people I would want to sit down and have dinner with. Fascinating. He's in my top five. Fascinating. Anyways, that's neither here nor there, except it's everything there. Lin-Manuel Miranda was born in New York City, January 16th, 1989. Okay, so we all know he wrote In the Heights, right? Fantastic. He wrote his earliest draft his sophomore year of college. Of Hamilton. No, in the Heights. Heights. Okay, 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 okay. So he graduated college in 2002 and started working on In the Heights that same year with John Buffalo Mailer and Thomas Kale. Thomas Kale, who we all know and love, a.k.a. his side hoe. Ugh, Tommy Kale. Right? Um, The show, In the Heights, officially opened in 2008. It was nominated for 13 Tonys. Love to see it. Okay, so, like, are you an In the Heights fan? Um, like, not really. Okay, I think it's a show that you have to see, not that, like, I mean, you have to see, like, all musicals. That's, like, obviously the preferred experiencing (laughs) platform. Um, But I think there are some really great parts of the cast recording, and I think there are some parts that are much more captivating on stage. When I saw the show for the first time, it then, like, really highlighted how enjoyable the cast recording experience is. Um, It's a fantastic musical, and the fact that he, like, Broadway debut, like, came out with a best musical is, like, incredible. Literally, like, started when he was... Yeah. He was working on it professionally when he graduated college. Mm -hmm. Like, wild. It's bonkers. All right, so past in the heights. Um, In 2003, he co-founded Freestyle Love Supreme, Mm -hmm. a hip-hop improv group. Um, I said this last time, but you didn't know who I was talking about. Do you remember this? Nope. So, um, David Diggs is, was in it as well. And Correct. then also, that cute guy who was the beatboxer in Pitch Perfect. Still don't know who you're talking about. I do remember you hey, talking, me, talking about this, but I do not remember who you're talking about. Okay, if anybody knows his name, give me shoot me a DM. As of lately, 
He's had a big involvement in Disney. Um, he wrote some music for Moana, which, like, he invited his BFFFF Christopher Jackson to voice a role in Moana because wow. they're literally in love. Chris Jackson is uh, everything to me. Oh my! I love him so much. We're gonna talk about him later. I, I love their their relationship. Yes. Um, he's currently writing music with Alan Menken for the live action version of The Little Mermaid. Can you he's, believe? he's helping write four new songs. Four new songs. That's aggressive, but it's okay. It is, like, it I'll is give aggressive, it but like it's it's gonna be good, I think. Lynn is directing the upcoming film adaptation of Tick Tick Boom. Yes. Uh, he was in the encore performance of that. He was also in the encore performance of Merrily We Roll Along, Roll Along. Wow. And he was good. He's on the cast recording for that. He was really good. It's it's fun to see him play a role that he did not write. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, so at the end of the day, here's what he's sitting with in his bougie-ass home. In Are you going to talk awards? I'm just going to say what he has. Yeah, yeah. So he has a Pulitzer. Which, like, who has a Pulitzer? Not many people. Three Tonys, three Grammys, one Emmy, a MacArthur Fellowship, and a Kennedy Center Honor. So what's he waiting? No, he's already an EGOT. No, he's not. He he's waiting on his Oscar. 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 But he's writing four new mother effing songs well, I mean, for Little Mermaid. we know Mermaid. why he's writing four songs now. Yeah, because of four <laughs> chances, so... Lynn, I hope you get it. Like, if anybody deserves it, it's you. Go for it, Lynn. Okay, tell me about the OG production. All right, all right, all right. We have to go back. <laughs> we have to go back to In the Heights for a moment. Okay. So Lynn is in the run of In the Heights. He's going strong. He's playing Usnavi. He's doing it eight shows a week. Oh, I like this explanation. Thank you. I'm trying to amp things up. It's season two. Bigger, better, better. <laughs> so he goes on vacation. Because when you're on Broadway, you take vacation because it's work. So he goes on vacation. I'm pretty sure he's like on the beach somewhere. He is with his wife. She's just chilling. Vanessa. Sorry. She's chilling. I don't mean to ruin the story. Can you believe that his wife's name is Vanessa and like Vanessa Usnavi in the Heights? You're so right. And no, wait. Anyway. He also loves her so much. He loves her so much. So he's reading the Hamilton biography by Ron Chernow. And he's like, wait a minute. This is a musical. And from that point, this is... <laughs> fuck reads a biography and is like, this is a musical. Uh, well, he has a crazy life and we just like don't know anything about it. And he's like a founding father. So from that point, I think this vacation in the Heights opened in 2008. I think this might have been in 2009 or 10. So he's reading the book. He decides to develop a musical called The Hamilton Mixtape. And it gets workshopped for a few years. Um, he actually workshopped a few of the songs at a White House function. Can you imagine being so bold as to be like, I have to workshop some songs. Where should I workshop Have you seen them? it? Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Of course I have. Well, so they asked him to sing in the Heights, right? Yes. And he was like, no, I'm going to try songs from this new musical. But the audience reaction, if you guys haven't watched it yet, please go. It's the audience reaction is so different than yes. how you're watching it today. Cause yes. they're like, oh, it's funny. He's rapping about a founding father. Anyways, I just, it's wild. And now it's Continue. just like how it is. Right. So he performed, I think, a selection of what was later to become the opening number, Alexander Hamilton, and a little bit of what was later to become my shot. Is that 2009, mm. during the Obama administration, RIP. Also, side note, Obama was the first one to stand up. Oh, I love him. Please incredible. continue. So then later in 2013, four years after the performance at the White House, Vassar Reading Festival at Vassar College in Poughkeepsie produced a workshop. Um, the Vassar... Uh, Reading Festival also produced shows that have rose to great acclaim in New York 
on Broadway in the past several years. Shows like Bright Star by Steve Martin and Edie Brickell Ooh. and plays like The Humans, which gave us the incredible career of Jane Howdeschel. Um, the Vassar Re- Reading Festival also produced those plays. So this little workshop uh, in Poughkeepsie featured Lynn, uh, David Diggs, Chris Jackson, and it was directed by Tommy Kale and music directed by Alex Lackamore. Of who, course, of course. Uh, how much do you love Alex Lackamore? You don't even... <laughs> I know, because orchestrations are like your thing. Yes. So yes. this little festival was in 2013, and then two years later, the Public Theater, who we know and love, we love the public, we stand the public... The public gave us uh, a chorus line, all sorts of incredible shows throughout the last several decades. So the production at the public off-Broadway began previews on January 20th, 2015, and finally opened on February 17th. The production was extended two times and finally closed on May 3rd of 2015. Mm. Now, there have been like some gossip columnists... Who have talked about this time for the show because the show was so well received at the Vassar Reading Festival that the producer mm-hmm. Jeffrey Seller, who's like a huge Broadway producer, he only yeah. wanted to do a very, very, very short run at the public because he actually wanted to open the show by the end of the spring when the Tony season ended. Okay. So the Tony season that year was very small. It was shows like Fun Home, The Visit, Something mm-hmm. Rotten. I mean, Something Rotten is a big musical, but a. Sh- a show like something rotten up against Hamilton, just like they would not have competed. And yeah. I think with the shows that were like, was that a revival? The... What was what the two thousand fifteen something rotten? No, something rotten is the original production that opened. Something rotten is that new? You didn't know that? Just because you and me Nia saw the tour, I just feel like it's like so much older because we didn't see it that long after twenty fifteen. No, the tour, well, tours usually go out, like, by the end of the Broadway run, or, like, a year, at least a year after. So the show, that show opened in 2000, I think it opened in the the winter of 2014, because I saw it in spring of 2015, and then we saw it in January of 2017. Oh, so that was a while later. Sorry, I don't know why I was just so caught off guard. Yes, so it opened, um, so Seller was, Jeffrey Seller was trying to get the show to open really, really fast because he wanted to capitalize on that very small season that Broadway was having. Smart. And Lynn and uh, Tommy Kale were like, absolutely not. We need to, we need more time with the show. We need a couple more weeks and a couple more months to develop it. So Jeffrey Seller actually gave them a few more months and Hamilton officially opened at the Richard Rogers Theater on August 6th of 2015. So they had a couple more months to workshop the show. They got to open it at the same theater where Lynn opened in the Heights seven years prior. And obviously, as we know now, Hamilton opened to unanimous critical acclaim. The show earned a record-breaking 16 Tony nominations and took home 11 awards, including Best Musical. I moved to New York City in January when Hamilton was of 2016. So Hamilton had been running for about four months now, and you... Mm -hmm. Just could not get... It was, like, impossible to get a ticket. You could not... Like, you had to know someone. It was completely sold out. You could go, like, wait in a line for cancellations for hours. Like, it was just bonkers. And I tried to... I entered the lottery literally every single day to try to get a ticket. They had to shut down... I think the Richard Rogers is on 45th Street or 46th Street. I'm probably totally wrong. But they had to shut down the street because the, the record... The, the, the lottery used to be in person, 
So you right. used to have to go, and then the, the cast started performing outside of the theater during the lottery. Oh, that's why so I've seen like those the, videos. Exactly. So it's like the dead of winter. They would call it like Hamel Wednesday, Ham Wednesdays or something. And you'd go on like Wednesday to get your lottery ticket, and it would, there would be a performance. But it was just like packed, bonkers, like... They had to shut down the street, and they had to turn the lottery digital because it just got too crazy. Um, wild. It was like it was just insane. And now, obviously, you can get a ticket, like, but it was all anybody could talk about for months. All right, we want to take a quick break. Let me set the scene. I'm ready. Alexander Hamilton is introduced, along with many other characters, by the Aaron Burr. He's like, hey, here's literally the next three hours you're going to listen to. Then, Hamilton goes up to Aaron Burr. So, like, also, another spoiler, they're frenemies. Hamilton goes up to Aaron Burr and he's like, hey, I want to be literally just like you. Like, you graduated in two years, and Hamilton's, I'm gonna. And Aaron Burr was like, yo, shh, you're talking way too much. Like, please just, like, shut up and smile, and people will like you more. Right. And then these and three... We're, sorry, real quick. We're, like, we're in... It's, it's 1776, New York City, right? That's where we are? It's also, like, the Declaration of Independence is signed. Um, Hamilton's from the Caribbean. An orphan. <sighs> That's a big point, part of the show. He's an orphan. <laughs> no mom, no dad. No mom, no dad. Dad left, mom died, and he's like, I'm still here and I can write really well. Okay. So, while Hamilton's talking to Burr, these three sexy motherfuckers come out and they're like, here's me, ready to lead the revolution. And now those three men are John Lawrence, Monsieur Lafayette, whatever his first name is, <laughs> and Hercules Mulligan. John Lawrence and Hamilton are BFFs, as to come. Uh, Lafayette is sexy and raps fast, and um, Hercules Mulligan will have sex with your mom. So, they get introduced to Hamilton, and they're like, this kid is going to do some crazy shit. And Hamilton's like, I'm about to lead the revolution, watch out, please. So then he becomes best friends with those three guys, and they're like, we are about to start a brand new nation. Flash forward, Aaron Burr is like on the sidelines, like, <laughs> okay. And then he's like, okay, but do you think you could get with a hot lady? And Hamilton and John Lawrence are like, hey. And they're like, yeah, we can we can absolutely get with like a sexy one. And Hamilton's like, I can get with whoever I want. So the Skylar sisters introduce themselves. Surprise! They're like, hey. My name's Eliza, Angelica, and Peggy. Peggy does not have her own theme because she isn't an important character. Like, that's straight up what Lin-Manuel said, not Amanda Harrington. The three of them introduce themselves. They're like, hey, like, we're, our dad's rich, but we're badass, and we're going out after sundown. So that happens. That's, like, at the same time as the boys are talking about the revolution. Yeah, yeah. Then this farmer comes to them, and it's like, I don't think what y'all doing is very productive. And Hamilton's like, literally, fuck off. I know so many more English words than you do, and I'm going to mess you up. And then all of a sudden, they get a message from King George, and King George is pissed. King George is like, 
Good luck. Like, you're gonna come back, crawling back to me. You look like you have something to add. Well, I mean, we kind of are coming, crawling back to the England right now. I wish I was in England like, and not the US. In 2020? It's a dumpster fire. You're, so, you're not wrong. So, then the revolution kind of starts picking up, right? The revolution starts picking up, and Aaron Burr, who also is the narrator, I don't know if I mentioned that, and he's like, look, I know you guys have all been waiting to meet George Washington. Well, he's about to be introduced to the show, so here he is. George Washington is like, I need some help. I cannot do this entire war alone. And everyone's like, Hamilton sounds like a good choice. And uh, George Washington's like, sounds good. But Hamilton's like, dude, I, I I would rather fight than like literally write letters to Congress. I don't really understand what you want. But George Washington's like, well, we need you. So that's just, that's just how it's going to be. And Hamilton's like, okay. Because he respects George Washington. We are all gunned. Outmanned, outnumbered, output. Okay, ready? Yes. All right, Amanda. I need you to set the scene for us now. It's the winter of 1780, and what's going on? 1780, a winter ball. So the Skyler sisters show up. I've already introduced you to them, and they're looking hot as fuck. And Burr's like, Hamilton, if you can marry one of them, you'll be literally loaded. And so like which like if one's gonna choose you or you're gonna choose them and Hamilton's like bitch I can literally get any woman I want cause I'm hot as fuck okay and so then we learn the story of how Hamilton met Eliza Schuyler the number two love story of Hamilton an American musical please hold uh, oh my god <laughs> continuing so Hamilton and Eliza get married because that's how musical theater works. They have a whole relationship in about 30 seconds. So now we're at their wedding and they're like, hey, how about Angelica Schuyler, the maid of honor, makes a speech? And she's like, hey, in her brain, she's like, I love Hamilton too. Oh my God, this is so awkward. Like I wanted to be with him, but then I was like, wait, no, I'm the oldest sister. So I need to marry Rich because y'all don't really fucking matter because there's no men in our family line. So I guess I gotta be the man and I'll marry someone rich. So I guess Eliza, you can have him and I'll just like fuck off, okay? <laughs> oh my God, that was a lot of breath. And then, so they get married. We learn about how much Angelica and Hamilton are enthralled with one another. Then there's the after party and the three boys are hammered singing their little drunk song and Aaron Burr finally shows up. Hamilton's like, it's about time, where have you been? And Burr's like, uh, so, like, I'm fucking somebody who's married to a British man, who's also a British war man. Hamilton's like, oh, fuck, you better go take care of that. I don't really understand why you won't just go, like, get her. Oh, because you're a little pansy and you have to wait. Okay, <sighs> get you. And then Burr's like, I'm not... Burr has this moment. And he's like, I'm not waiting. I'm waiting for the moment <laughs> I'm and not like, waiting I'm <laughs> waiting so the, the revolution is continuing and Hamilton is continuing to ask for commands from Washington All right. but we're instead at war. I keep forgetting that we're at war like I forgot that it wasn't just about Hamilton and Eliza and also Hamilton and no there's like, a, there's like a full ass war going on there's a war and, like, they low-key produce a war on the Richard Rogers stage or whatever it is. 
Um, stay alive. That's what's happening right now. Eliza's like, stay alive. And Hamilton's, oh, this is where Lee comes in. Hamilton's like, Washington, please let me lead. And Washington's like, mm, I'm gonna choose this less qualified guy who is actually gonna lead the war. And Hamilton's like, are you literally kidding me? And Hamilton and Lawrence, who are also like low-key doing it on the side, but can't talk about it because being a homosexual isn't accepted in the time. Fully illegal. Fully illegal. But Hamilton and Lawrence are like, he can't, like, so Lee's talking about, Lee's talking shit about Washington. And Lawrence and Hamilton are like, that's our man. We cannot let him get away with that. And Hamilton's like, I literally can't do anything about it. I, like, write Washington's letters. Like, I don't know what you want. And Lawrence is like, okay, I'll do it. I'll fight him. So then we learn about the ten dual commandments. Which, like, I could list them all, but they're pretty boring up until the end. When, like, you're expected to put your gun in the air. But also you can shoot them. It's ultimately up to you. Right, Sam? Exactly. So who shoots who? <laughs> so Lawrence, a.k.a. Anthony Ramos, um, shoots Lee. Uh, and <laughs> Lawrence is like, is it over? And Lee's like, or Burr, Burr, who happens to be Lee's second, while Hamilton is Lawrence's second. Mm, coincidence? I think not. But fast forward. George Washington finds out about this whole duel and he's pissed because he's like, Hamilton, I told you not to get involved with this. And he's like, please meet me inside so we can have a private chat about what you think you can get away with. So Hamilton goes and talks to George Washington and Washington's like, um, your wife's pregnant. (laughs) Go home. So Hamilton goes home and he's like, why, what, Eliza, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, Okay, so now, Hamilton, (laughs) you wanted me to drink more. Amanda, let's talk a little bit about Marquis de Lafayette. (laughs) We're getting there. So he is getting some more responsibility in the army. Tell me about that. Yeah, because because Hamilton is chilling at home with his dillhole baby, and um, Lafayette's like, I'm about to spit a thousand words per second. Do you want to give it a little try, rap. real quick? All right, I'm, I'm gonna go. Everyone, wait, wait. Oh fuck! Okay. I'm gonna everyone give it up for America's favorite fighting Frenchman, Lafayette. I'm taking this hospital by the reins, make a break, cause burn him up, let's dance. Lafayette. And I'm never gonna stop until I make him try to burn him up and scatter the remains. I'm Lafayette. Watch me engage and I'm escape and I'm in a rage and I'm ah! Lafayette. I go to France for more guns. Lafayette. Nope, I come. No, I go to France for more funds. Funds, right? Comes back with the guns. Because he knows he what to brings... do in the trench. Ingenuity is a fruit is a fret. I can't. I, I'm too drunk to rap. The words aren't right. You did it. Okay, you did it. Okay. All right. So what happens when Lafayette goes to Washington? Lafayette goes to Washington and is like, why do you just have Hamilton sitting over there literally doing nothing? Please bring him back. His brain is big. We could use him. Washington's like, Jefferson, not Jefferson. He's not Jefferson yet. Washington's like, Lafayette, you're right. We need Hamilton. So Washington calls Hamilton and he's like, you you can have a troop. I'll let you do it. Like, But like, just so you know, everyone's watching. So then Hamilton leads the troops to Yorktown and he's like, please take the bullets at your guns because I don't want them to give us away. And we're like, oh shit, you're like a possessive control freak. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. They win. 
Then we go back to Washington, not Washington. Then we go back to King George and he's like, oh shit, did you win this war? Okay, what's gonna happen next? Flash forward again. Burr is writing a letter to his future daughter because guess what? He impregnated the woman whose husband was a British soldier. Bad news. Bad news. Anyways, he's writing to his future daughter, and then Hamilton is writing to his future son because they literally have so much in common, but they don't even know it, and they're arch nemeses. Then, <laughs> because this just makes sense in the amount of years they lived, Hamilton and Burr become lawyers, and they start practicing law. And basically, Act One ends with Hamilton writing nonstop and literally never sleeping because he doesn't have a minute alone. And he becomes the Treasury Secretary, of course. All right, Amanda, it is 1789 and Thomas Jefferson is coming back to the U.S. from France. <clears throat> so at this year, Thomas Jefferson finally comes back and he's like, I've been gone for a while. Like, did I miss anything important? <laughs> James Madison is like, yeah, there's this guy named Alexander Hamilton who's literally trying to fuck up everything we've done. But also we're a nation, so like, that's good. And so because the cabinet has been established and and Thomas Jefferson has been appointed as Treasury of State, so he's running the state and Hamilton is running the Treasury. Treasury of Treasury? Treasury the of... Treasury. <laughs> the Treasury. So they're going head to head, and Lin Manuel is a stunning writer and makes this into a literal rap battle. So they're trying to discuss if there should be a national bank because, like, New York's in a lot of debt, and they're like, Virginia can help. And then Thomas Jefferson's like, mm, we don't need to help you. And then Hamilton's like, okay, well, you have slaves, so you're a piece of shit. Anyways, Hamilton is working literally nonstop. And his wife is like, can you please take a break? Like, literally, Angelica is going to come over and we're going to go, like, take a summer away, go and sit by the pond, and you can be with me, and then you can also be with your secret lover, my sister. <laughs> Just an idea. And Hamilton's like, I literally can't. I got to get this plan through to Congress. Then he's walking through the streets in this literal stunning creature. Her name is Jazzy. She comes up to him and she's like, uh, my husband's like literally beating me, cheating on me, doing everything wrong. Like I have nobody, I have no money. What do I do? And he's like, I'll give you some money. And then she literally like opened her legs to him. was like, mm, can I also have you? And he's like, okay. So then they start having an affair. Her husband finds out this is the first sex scandal of the United States of America. Okay. So he's like, mm, you can keep seeing her, but I'm going to, like, need some money from you, some kind of compensation. So Hamilton pays this guy $1,000 a month so that he can s keep sleeping with the wife. This keeps happening under wraps. Hamilton is still, like, at the top. You know, he's the treasury. He's got everything under control. And he talks to Burr and he's like Burr I can't talk anymore I literally need to go control the fate of our nation and Burr has another epiphany just like he didn't wait for it and he's like I need to be where the decisions are being made because I'm so left out and I've worked so hard so Burr then runs for Hamilton's father-in-law's senate seat 
and wins. And Hamilton's pissed, but Burr's like, this seat was vulnerable, so I took it. We then get another um, little cabinet meeting with the presidential cabinet. So now's the time in this cabinet battle where Jefferson is like, hey, France needs some help. Can we help them? And Hamilton's like, no, we need to protect ourselves. And Jefferson's like, we literally signed a treaty with them that said we would help them if anything happens because they helped us. So, And then George Washington's like, Hamilton's right. We need to only care about ourselves. Washington's like, Hamilton, can I talk to you for a second? Like, you and I are good friends, but I'm I'm not going to run for president again because I feel like America needs to learn that one person can't be president forever. We're not a monarchy. So he's like, let's move on. Hamilton's like, I don't really agree with that, but I guess I'll write your concession speech. Concession? Yes. Sure. We somehow transport back to England where we see our bay. King George. King George is going psycho at this point because he definitely has mercury poisoning. But he's like, <laughs> wait, who's going to be president? George Washington is a president. Oh, John Adams? That little dill hole? Oh, good luck, America. The Adams administration does not go well. Adams fires Hamilton in like one second. He's <laughs> like, I don't want you anymore. So then Hamilton, who can't stop writing, obviously, writes shit about Adams. And it just goes so terribly wrong. All at the same time, because nobody likes Hamilton, Burr, Madison, and Jefferson are, like, digging up dirt on him, and they find it. And they're like, hey, Hamilton, we see these, like, checks that you've been writing out, $1,000 a month. Like, are you stealing from the government? We need to know. And he's like, ha, ha, I would never do that. I've just been having a terrible affair. And they're like, oh, the what oh okay that sucks um good luck keeping that a secret because that's like almost worse than stealing america's money so then hamilton has a revelation and he's like i I just i need to save myself and tell the world that i had an affair and that's what's going to make my legacy even better so he writes a pamphlet called the reynolds pamphlet where he literally writes in detailed information about how he slept with another woman while he was married and while his poor wife was visiting her father so then we flash to angelica not angelica we flash to eliza who is burning all of her letters from hamilton because she's like you want to go sleep with somebody else then i'm literally gonna erase you from my life and erase our relationship from history it's atrocious we're about to flash forward even forward philip hamilton Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton's first son is 19 years old. He's graduating college. He's like a big man. And also, like rumor has it, he is boxy. So he learns that this guy talks shit about his dad. And he's like, I literally can't have that. That's not how the world works. So he goes to find this guy and he's like, can you apologize? And the guy's like, no, your dad's a dill hole and so are you. And so John, not John Lawrence. So Philip Hamilton is like, okay, we guess we can have a duel where we can, like, point pistols at places and hope that one of us is better than the other. So then they make a time for the duel. Philip goes to his dad and is like, what do I do? And Hamilton's like, raise your pistol to the sky. That's what most men do. Literally, that's what all the guys would do. But except for this dill hole who literally shot Philip on number seven on a ten countdown. 
His son dies. It's it's just like really sad. Eliza's there. Hamilton's there. Philip dies. So Hamilton and Eliza go upstate New York. Uptown. Trying. What? They just move uptown Manhattan instead of uh, downtown. So Eliza and Hamilton move uptown. They're trying to get away from all of the craziness, trying to get over the son's death. Eliza is not only upset about her son's death, but her husband just cheated on her for months and wrote about it to the entire universe. So she's got like a lot of shit to deal with. Finally, she forgives him and it's this beautiful moment. All of a sudden, there's another election going on and it is now because John Adams doesn't stand a chance. He's a dill So now it's against Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr. Thomas Jefferson's like, here's how I feel about stuff. And Aaron Burr's literally going to door to door, knocking on people's houses and like, vote for me. Like, you're not a mayor. You're running for president. I don't really understand how you're doing this. <laughs> so they're like, Hamilton, how do you feel? Like, who should we vote for? And you as the audience, you're like, oh, he's going to vote for Burr because he hates Jefferson. But he's like, hey, Vote for Jefferson because at least Jefferson has an opinion. Aaron Burr literally wants to do nothing just to get to the top of this pyramid. Burr is pissed. And Burr writes a letter to Alexander Hamilton and is like, can you apologize? Because if you don't apologize for endorsing Jefferson, then you and I are going to duel and you're probably going to die. And Hamilton's like, I'm not apologizing. So if you want to duel, let's do it. So they do it. And Hamilton dies. Burr kills Hamilton. We end the show with Burr being emotional, like, this is my legacy now. His legacy was meant to be something else, but now it's the legacy of just kill- killing Hamilton, which is not what he wanted. But even though the whole show is narrated by Aaron Burr, we end with Eliza Hamilton, Eliza Schuyler, describing all the ways that she promoted Hamilton's legacy after he died. And to that I say... Rise up, America. Rise up. (laughs) And all I have to say to that is, immigrants, they get the job done. To our Buzz Broadway listeners, elections are always important, whether they be national, statewide, or local. But your participation in the 2020 presidential election is vital. Our nation's democracy has too long served only a privileged few, and now it is time to use our platform to call upon the leaders of our country to demand change. The best chance we have at electing future officials who will do their part to make us a better nation is to show up at the polls. That's where Vote411 comes in. Launched by the League of Women Voters Education Fund, Vote411.org is a one-stop shop for election-related material. It provides nonpartisan information to the public with both general and state-specific information on all aspects of the election process. Just visit vote411.org, click on the menu, and type in your address. You'll then find helpful details like absentee ballot information, early voting options, ID requirements, and voter qualifications. A common gerrymandering tactic is confusing and contradictory voter information, but Vote411 makes it clear and concise to get to the polls. Please exercise your right to vote. It only serves us right when it serves us all.
And we are back. Thank you so much for taking a quick moment to listen to our sponsors from the Broadway Podcast Network. Who do you think our sponsor is? Did you mention? Did you mention our great news yet? We have. I mean, did I? Are you gonna say it or what? I don't. I literally don't know what you're talking about. We are now affiliated with the Broadway Podcast Network, your one-stop shop for all Broadway and Broadway-adjacent podcasts. Wow, you sound. You should. You should work for them. Thank you. I kind of do. A little bit. Oh, I guess you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You do. Amanda, guess what we have to do now that we're back from our break? It's time for another American History Trivia. I hope you ask me one that you asked me the other night that you don't remember. I hope so, too. Wouldn't that be fun? Because then I know the answer. Yeah, you would. And then you'd have to take a drink. I don't remember which ones I asked you, so good, good, good luck. All right, let's hear it. All right, Miss Harrington. In the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson wrote that King George III had committed all of the following crimes against the American people except illegally assuming judicial powers, disbanding representative legislatures, levying unfair taxes, or interfering with negotiations in the Louisiana Purchase? I'm going to go with A. I'm so sorry. The correct answer was interfering with negotiations for the Louisiana Purchase. That seemed way too obvious. Well, you got it wrong. Okay. (laughs) Tell me about some not original productions (laughs) well obviously hamilton is new so there obviously have not been any revivals there's been quite a few though like oh it's wild so hamilton is obviously a global phenomenon and in just five years over two resident productions have opened in chicago and uh there wasn't one that was about to open in los angeles before the shutdown there have been three national tours and three international productions in australia why are you looking at me? Am, is England, this a question? Australia, England, and a third country that I cannot remember right now. Scotland. Nope. <laughs> I think it's like uh, Denmark or something. Random. Um, and Hamilton and Lin-Manuel have obviously swept the pop culture scene and launched Miranda into superstardom. He's obviously mm-hmm. flexing his composing genius on the entire world. Um, if you If you were on TikTok at all when Hamilton premiered on Disney Plus. Everyone was picking apart all sorts of different little oh well did you yeah. know that did you know that like this song had this way because of that or this motif represents this all sorts of things like that. It really took over TikTok for the like six weeks after it opened on after it if premiered not on more, Disney Plus. I'm, st- I'm still obsessed. So well great. Well great. At least I am. Like when Anthony Ramos looks at Jazzy during Helpless and he's like, mm, girl. I'm like, enough. Enough. <laughs> Are you in love with Anthony Ramos? Ramos is what I meant to say. Um, yes, have you ever listened to his music? Uh, I've listened to his one song, his big single. Where is it the one with him and Jazzy in the same music video? Sure. And the sexual tension is out of this world. <laughs> They're like tearing into each other. And I'm like, enough. Enough. I'm I'm ill. That would be enough. <laughs> you don't understand. It was so sexy. Oof. 
Amanda, how did you, Amanda, how did you, like, find Hamilton? Like, were you, like, right on the boat with it in 2014, 2015? Or what, did you find it after with Disney Plus? How did it come into your life? Dude, no. Okay. <laughs> Neither of those? <laughs> so, my other BFF, Ashley Hartnett. Yes. She we know Ashley, came back friend from of the pod. studying a she, friend of the pod. <laughs> she came back from Italy and was like, have you heard this musical? And I'm like, yeah, like, I just, like, I don't give it, I don't get it. And it's because I was being, like, a dill hole who was like, oh, it's popular, so I don't want to be into it. I feel like that's how I was acting. Sure. And then I listened to it. I think my dad took me to Vegas. And, because that's a casual graduation trip. And <laughs> the, the flight there, I just remember listening to Hamilton the whole time and was like, this is epic. Anyways, so I've watched uh, the Disney Plus um, Hamilton four times, at least. Okay. And I bought the Hamilton book. But, like, my recent re-obsession has been because I knew we were going to talk about this. Mm -hmm. So I've, like, I bought the book and I've been, like, doing all this research and, like, remembering how wild it is. It's, It's monumental. And I think just because it got so popular, it's really easy for people to be like, oh, well, like, it's fine, or, like, it's so commercial. Exactly. Which it is, but also when you pick it apart, there are really some incredible, there's some incredible technique that's gone into writing this this musical. Yeah, it's commercial, but that's because it's literally genius. It's it's pretty brilliant. That's like looking at William Shakespeare and be like, that's mm, too commercial. Romeo and Juliet's popular. But is it really good? <laughs> Actually, that's how I feel about it. Now we can get into some categories, though. I think that sounds like a great, great plan. We're going to okay. introduce a new category this season called, mm, what was your favorite part? <laughs> Inspired you, sound like by... me getting in... you sound like me getting into the car after my parents picked me up from a movie theater. That's what, it's, that's what it's inspired by, is when we were kids, and we would get into the car with our families after we did a high school musical, and we would say, so, what's your favorite part? That's what this is. We need to come up with a sound bite that's like, "Mm, what's your favorite part? I think we can just do it live each time. Maybe put a big fat echo on it. (laughs) I will work on it. (laughs) Do you want to go first? I have no fear. Okay, so how many do you have? I think I only have... I have four. That's fine. That's fine. You go first. Okay. Um, My number one, and like this could be it because it's the best part of the show, like legit, is when... Philippa Sue grabs Hamilton's hand during It's Quiet Uptown. Mm. And she doesn't look at him. She just sings, hey, it's Quiet Uptown. And he breaks down. Mm. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen the Disney Plus version, I will cry. Okay, number two. A real standout. Just basically the three revolutionary fucking bays of the squad. And that would be John Lawrence, Lafayette... And Hercules Mulligan. Mm, Which one is the sexiest? A strong unit. Which one is the sexiest? It literally depends on the day. The limit does not exist. There are some days where I'm like, Hercules Mulligan can take me over because he's just like, goodbye. And then there's other days where Lafayette's like, (laughs) and I'm like, that's enough. Not that. And then John Lawrence is like, hey, I'm gay for Hamilton. And I'm like, I get it. He is, though. I know. Have you read that? Yes, he is gay for Hamilton. I know he is. I read that their notes, their letters to each other are more seductive. Extremely homosexual, his, yes. 
yeah. Okay, um, moving on. I well, real quick, oh. I I I sold Divi Diggs his groceries once. How was it? Did you touch it was his amazing. hand? No, I didn't touch his hand. We didn't talk about Hamilton. I just let him do his thing. I said, "Hey, how are you?" Good for you. I would have been my like, line. "Oh my god!" Take a picture <laughs> of him. I would have been like, "Can you take a picture of me?" Please sweat into this vial. <laughs> okay, keep going. Okay, number three. Again, in the Disney Plus version, because Leslie, Leslie, because Leslie Odom Jr. is Sparks. Um, when Hamilton chooses Jefferson at the very end, mm. and you see Burr's face just like change, and you're like, "Oh my god, he's pissed!" Yeah. Even though he's been like progressively getting more pissed throughout the entire show, at that point, you're like, "Fuck." It's yeah, wild. And then my final one is I already said this is when Anthony Ramos looks at Jasmine and helpless <laughs> because their relationship is everything I want. <laughs> I listen. She is stunning. I would die that fellow, if I was a woman. If I was a woman, I would want her body. Oh my! Her body she's is insane. And fucking sexy. I can't handle her. Guys, she's so beautiful. Audience members of the Buzz Broadway podcast, if you have not watched the Mind Over Matter music video by Anthony Ramos, like go YouTube <laughs> it right now. Pause this episode. Go watch it. It's so sexy. Take a little moment for yourself, and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. All right, Sam. Hit me with your... All right. So the first thing I want to talk about in regards to my favorite part is the fact that the show, I think one of its incredible strong suits is its pacing. It is really flying at you mm. so fast, and then it takes a really, really sincere, heartfelt moment, and it really sits in it. And then it goes fast, 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 and then it really sits in those emotional moments. Some of those examples totally are Ten Dual Commandments into Meet Me Inside, where it's so intense, so intense, and then you get the moment of that would be enough, which is like a sigh of relief. It's Hamilton and Eliza coping with what's coming next in their future. Then it goes right back into it with Guns and Ships. History has its eyes on you. Then uh, Battle of Yorktown, and it's just, again, fast, 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 climax, climax, and then it slows back down. You get into Dear Theodosia, and then bam, end of Act One. And that's like a really big telling of how incredible the choreography was done because uh, those Andy ensemble Blank- members. Andy Blankenbuehler is oh. insane. He is so dang talented. It's stupid. Next up is I want to talk about the Skyler sisters entrance. It really just is the who a, the Skyler sisters. I thought you couldn't say their name. I didn't say their names. You just said their last name. No, I didn't. Yes, I did, but I didn't say their name. <laughs> so. <laughs> Their entrance into the show is just like a breath of fresh air. You get a new wave of characters that come into the show. I feel like, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like Hamilton is before Skylar Sisters and after Skylar Sisters, and that's the way it should be separated. I love that. (laughs) I also want to take a quick moment and talk about the entrance of George Washington. I think that Chris Jackson has some of the best material in the show, probably because of his long-term partnership with Lin-Manuel. His lyrics are incredible. I'm going to talk about the, another one of my favorite parts is the last 90 seconds of One Last Time. I just weep. It's like when you're home from In the Heights. It's just this moment where Chris gets to like bare his entire chest to the audience and show everyone what a beautiful artist he is. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Jackson just really has some incredible moments in the show. He's he's one I of my top th- contenders. And I, th- I think, like again, recently with us re- like going back to the show... 
like I I started following him on Twitter and know so much more about him now, and I love him even more as a human. Chris Jackson. Yes. Yeah, he's just a stand-up guy. He he's just, he's a normal guy. Yes. He's a normal guy with an unbelievable amount of talent. I feel like you would never know he was on Broadway if you like ran into him on the street. He's got a space in his teeth, and that's very telling. <laughs> because I'm telling you, that's a big deal. So finally, to wrap things up. I would say that the world was wide enough, the very last moment of the show before we get to the finale, which to me is more of an epilogue. I think that Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story is really kind of an end cap on the show, and the last moment of the actual musical, just like the number Alexander Hamilton is a, a, pre, a prelude. Prologue? Prologue to the show, thank you. Also a prelude. It could be whatever you want. <laughs> Just like the, just like Alexander Hamilton, the opener is a prologue to the show. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story is an epilogue. So the world is wide enough is the moment that we wait two hours for. We know at the very beginning of the show that it's just like Jesus Christ Superstar. We know that Jesus is going to be hung up on the cross. We know that mm. Hamilton is going to get shot by Burr. But it's about the journey that we take to get to that moment. And then when we actually sit in that moment, the information that we receive is that they could have found a way to both exist together. And I think, like, so many other stories that we learn about could be solved if we, like, focus in on that moment. It mm. Lynn has not only given a voice to this forgotten fa- founding father of the United States, but you also realize that it's given a voice to this man that we've made a villain for our entire history. Now I'm the villain in your history. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. So those are my favorite parts. That was... Listen, I don't want to get it put off topic, but that was really fast. Thank you. Uh, I'm so proud of you. Oh my god, thank you. Uh, All right, so let's talk about my favorite category. So for those of you who don't know, Sam and my first show together was Dear Edwina. Probably the greatest show I've ever written in the universe of the universe. And we Tony Award winning Edwina Spoonapple. Tony Award winning <laughs> on Mars. The Dear Edwina show, whatever it's called. Okay, so Sam and I were, like, both new. It was our first show, like, at the middle school, but also together. So that show has a lot of um, memories within our bodies. And in the spirit of Edwina Spoonapple, we are giving an award to the best actor that we see fit in the show. They hold the title for that episode. If you want to say it soberly, then I guess that's how you would... uh... That's how you would say it. Amanda, I'm going to go first. Okay, please go first. For the first time ever in the history of Buzz Broadway, I don't know if that's true or not. It probably isn't. I would like to nominate a tie. I'm going to nominate both Renee Elise Goldberry and Christopher Jackson as my two recipients for the Edwina Spoonapple Acting Award. They both bring so much to the table. I've been a fan of Renee since I saw her on the Rent Film Live on Broadway DVD Mm. as Mimi Marquez. Been in love with Chris Jackson since he wore that tight white button down and his black slacks from In the Heights. Was Christopher Jackson even nominated for a Tony? Best Featured Actor in a Musical. Nominees were David Diggs, Jonathan Groff, Chris Jackson, just for Hamilton, and David Diggs obviously won. The other actors nominated that year, real quick interjection. So David won up against... Brandon Victor Dixon in Shuffle Along, Christopher Fitzgerald in Waitress, and then his two co-stars, John Groff and Chris yeah. Jackson. 
It was a pretty stacked category. Those are all very yeah. talented men. And Brandon, Victor Dixon, went on to play Aaron Burr. Well, I have to say that my nominee is not either of them. It's going to be Anthony. It's going to be, it's got to be Anthony. <laughs> God bless it. Well, you know what? When I think about it, when he played this role, he was younger than us. Isn't that nuts? Which, like, when I think about that, that really makes me very anxious. Like, like I'm not doing anything with my life, even though I'm not trying to be a professional actor. I still feel that. Anyways. So, yes, and now he's going on to be in the In the Heights movie, and it just makes me all the more emotional to go see it. I just love him. Did you not cry when you watched, spoiler, Philip Schuyler die? I did. I cried more at the In the Heights trailer, though. At the, you died, you cried more at the trailer than the actual show of someone dying? Um, I did. The In the Heights trailer really gave me some goosebumps. Do you want to know why? It's because Anthony Ramos is a sex machine. <laughs> I also just think that movie is going to be brilliant. And I also think, I understand why they postponed it another year, but I think it had the potential to save us from the coronavirus. So I'm a little upset that it was not released on time. All right, next category is what I like to call the Climb Every Mountain Award. We have I also pick, like to call it that. We have to pick someone in associated with the company of the original Broadway production of Hamilton. It could be the costume designer. It could be the director. It could be mm. New York City. It could be some. It could be anything. And we have to Dreamy. say that this person received their biggest accolade because of Hamilton. I think for this show specifically, we know who it is. But we'll get I into more specifics. We'll get into more specifics of this category later on throughout the season. I think on three we can both agree that one, two, three. Lin Manuel Miranda. Lin Manuel Miranda has reached his pinnacle. Has reached his. He's reached peak his peak because of Hamilton. And that's not a bad thing. No, I don't think it's a bad like, thing. Like I at feel all. like us saying like he's peaked. Like this is the height of his career. Like exactly. there's no denying that. Exactly. There's. If he tops Hamilton, then I will be dead. I wonder if, like, Sondheim people thought that way about Sondheim. Mm. Mm. He simply can't do better than Sweeney Todd. Same with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, he's coming out with that new Cinderella musical, so... I'm really on edge. Me too. The first song was released. Did you hear it? Did you listen to it? Sure didn't. I didn't either. I feel like we should. Carrie Hope Fletcher, we should be better about Broadway news. If you want to hear us talk about Broadway news, you can DM us at Buzz Broadway Podcast on Instagram. Let us know. I think we all know the answer. But if you were to be in the show, who would you cast yourself as? I want to play the ropes. What the fuck? That what they do you pull. Mean? I want to play the ropes that they pull to lower the staircase. That's not what I was thinking. I want, so. I, want, I want a makeup artist to paint me like a brick wall, and I want to stand against the back wall of the set for the whole show, like performance art. To show that white fragility is built into the infrastructure of our nation. That's good, isn't it? Uh, King George. I want to play King George. I think we all know that. I think we know I'd all be great. I think we know I'd be fantastic. Uh, I want to play King George. I want to play musical director. I think he'd be great. Slash bullet. Uh, Ariana DeBose. Let's take a moment to talk about Ariana DeBose. I can't believe we've not talked about her once. Let's just, yeah, you're right. She's a queen. She's in the new, in the Heights. No, she's in the West Side Story. Yeah, she's in the West Side Story movie. 
cannot wait to She's see. She's going to be mm, phenomenal. She gained so much recognition from this Disney Plus release. Like, yes. Just as an ensemble member. Like, uh-huh. I can't even like, describe how incredible that is for an actor to shine that much. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's amazing. She's out of this world, and I can't wait to see where her career takes her. I think that's a really good place to stop. What do you say? Amanda, we just got through it. We did our season two opener. And we're both conscious. And we're both, and I'm not, I'm not blacked out. You're on your, you're on your way. We actually did all of the categories this time. I know, you didn't just pretend that we did and then tell me in my drunken stupor that we had finished. No regrets, honey. No regrets. Thank you guys for listening. We are back in full force. Full force. We have new episodes coming out every week. Season two is going to bring you some more guests. So I'm so excited for the guests. I'm so excited. I'm going to take another shot. I'm going to take another shot. I want to take a quick moment to say to everybody, in all earnesty, I know that we have a lot of fun and a lot of laughs on this podcast, but I want to take a moment to say that history, in in all seriousness, has its eyes on you. And the decisions that you're making right now in your life are going to impact the future of our country, the future of our world, and the future of your friends and family. So when you listen to this musical, I want you to think about that, and I want you to think about the repercussions that your actions have. Okay? You didn't want to give me a heads up that you were going to be a serious little fool. <laughs> All right. And that's the balance we needed. We needed me to get really serious and then for you to one-two punch. We're like a Laurel and Hardy over here. Wait till next week, at, uh, next week's episode <laughs> when I get Sam drunk off his ass and um, he has to crawl to the toilet. And please come back for that. <laughs> Say goodbye, Amanda. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Good day. Bye-bye. Goodbye. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information on how to support our podcast, visit bpn.fm slash buzzbroadway or on Instagram at buzzbroadwaypodcast. Buzz Broadway is conceived and hosted by Amanda Harrington and Sam St. Jean with editing by Amanda Harrington. Original music by Carl Pariso with arrangements by Patrick Doro. This is a Broadway Podcast Network production. As always, thank you to our sponsors, to BPN, and to our listeners. See you next time. Buzz Broadway. Buzz Broadway. So just press play today. Have you seen um that clip of that guy on TikTok who can do the Lin-Manuel Miranda impression? He's like, my son is waiting on the other side. There's a Walmart on the other side. There's a Walmart? Yeah. It's like, rise up. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.